Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. My name's Amber, and I'm an addict, and this is the Just for Today for December 13th. Membership. There is only one requirement for membership, the desire to stop using basic texts, page 9. We all know people who could benefit from Narcotics Anonymous. Many people we encounter from all walks of life, our family members, old friends, and co-workers could really use a program of recovery in their lives. Sadly, those who need us don't always find their way to our rooms. NA is a program of attraction, not promotion. We are only members when we say we are. We can bring our friends and loved ones to a meeting if they are willing, but we cannot force them to embrace the way of life that has given us freedom from active addiction. Membership in Narcotics Anonymous is a highly personal decision. The choice to become a member is made in the heart of each individual addict. In the long run, coerced meeting attendance doesn't keep too many addicts in our rooms. Only addicts who are still suffering if given the opportunity, can decide if they are powerless over their addiction. We can carry the message, but we can't carry the addict. Just for today, I am grateful for my decision to become a member of Narcotics Anonymous. In today's episode, we'll discuss the Just for Today meditation with our guest, Leanne W. Hey, Leanne, welcome to the Anonymous podcast. Hello. Thanks for being here, Leanne. So could you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout out? Yes. So my clean date is November 20th, 2019. I go to Living Recovery in Longview, Texas. Hey, Living Recovery. And that's my new home group. I just moved. So it's new for me, but I'm loving it. Well, congratulations on the one birthday cake and moving. So good job. So Leanne, we're going to pivot to the just for today. Can you share your thoughts on membership? Yes. Um, Okay. So, you know, for a long time, um, I, I related to this reading a lot because for a long time I was forced into the rooms. I kind of grew up in NA. My dad is also in recovery. And so I used to always go there as a kid and either go in the little playroom or sit on his lap in the meeting. And um, I first got introduced to NA, like personally, like to go into it for me at the age of 16 and I'm 35 now. Um, I've been to treatment 17 times. That does include like detox and uh, sometimes I went to a psych ward a couple times. So I include all of that in those 17, but you know, a lot of the reason why I think it wasn't working for me all those times previously is because it was forced on me. Um, I was told that, you know, I had to do this, I had to do that. And it wasn't that I wanted to do it for me. And um, I read in this reading, I'm skimming along it right now. I apologize, give me a second. Uh, 
the choice to become a member is made in the heart of each individual addict. And that was something that I just had not done. You know, I was just trying to please other people or escape consequences, but I really didn't want anything to do with uh, anything that the people in the meetings did. And uh, I can I can gladly say that this time around, that's completely changed. You know, I, I finally came in this time around and just said, okay, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. And I took, literally, I took all the suggestions. And if I messed up along the way, which of course I do, um, I talk about it with my sponsor. I share about it with other women. You know, I go to this women's meeting on Tuesday nights and it's actually in Costa Rica. That's where I got clean. And um, I'm always telling on myself in that meeting, you know, I'm always talking about whatever's going on in my life. And, and if I'm feeling crazy or if I'm doing this or that, you know, and, and it just holds me accountable. And, and I do feel like a part of today, you know, I feel I feel like I belong and I, I feel like I, I earned a seat and that I deserve to be there. And those are just things that I never felt before. And it, it helps me now have compassion with people that I see coming in who aren't really getting it. Cause I, mm. I'm very hard on myself. So therefore I'm very hard on other people. And um, I think that this has helped me. The fact that I struggled for so many years, it's helped me have more compassion and empathy with people who also come in and struggle. And, but I also, let go of control because I, I also want to tell people you know I, I have that need in me to like tell people what to do because I just think I know it all right <laughs> and um it helps me to let go of that control and realize that they have to learn this on their own it, it makes mm. me think of a friend of mine right now who's really struggling she she's she and I were one day apart I'm sorry one month apart when we went to treatment last year and she just keeps coming in and out in and out and it's cool because I'm able to love her through it and not get frustrated. I, I'm worried about her and I care about her, but I'm also able to separate because I know how it is. She's doing it for her parents. So I also know that I can't like force it on her. So it's also helped me to give some good suggestions to her when she asked me for them. Um, she, she's always asking me, how did I do it? And I'm like, man, I was just like you, you know, I was, I've been in and out of this deal most of my life. And, and for me, it just had to be bad enough for me. So, um, see, Leanne, let, let, let me jump in. Let's dig into that right there because like my spirit automatically responds anytime uh, that I hear people talking about either getting clean or attempting to get clean, um, you know, relatively young. So at the age of 16, uh, like that resonates with me because it, that, that's when I got clean. I got clean at the age of 16 and, and, um, you know, it was in 2000 Southwestern PA and, and I had just, um, I mean, I, I, I know now and I believe then that I didn't have much, much longer to live, you know, going the way that I was going. Um, and so so let me ask you this. OK, at, at 16, you, that was the first time you came in, you know, um, for the problem that you had. Uh, but you say that you were you were either being forced or pressured um, and then maybe that continued um, through throughout your attempts at getting clean. Could you could you put some context behind that? Like who who was applying the force or the pressure? And then with that being the backdrop, you know, what what helped this transition now that you're doing it because you want to be a member of NA? Okay, so it was my father. You know, when I obviously when I was a teenager, I had no choice. So I he forced me to go to a treatment. Um, and then as in my early adult years, I, what would happen was um, I wouldn't, you know, I would use, and then I, I couldn't hold it. I was never functioning. Like I couldn't ever work when I was using or anything. I, everything fell apart, even from the young age of 16. Like I was never a functioning addict. Um, 
So I would use, and then I'd find somebody to mooch off of and like sleep on their couch for maybe a month or two. And then all of a sudden they'd get tired of me. Cause I mean, I'm all I'm doing is using and not working. So they'd kick me out and then I'd have nowhere to go. And my father would tell me, well, you can come home if you go to treatment, you can come home if you go to meetings every day, you know? And it was just, I, I actually was very resentful for a long time because I felt like I don't, I mean, like all of us, you know, I don't like being told what to do. I hate it. And um, so it just felt, it was like almost, it almost did the opposite effect. It didn't attract me to the program. It made me push it away because I also had resentments with my father that he was very overprotective and overbearing. He, and I, mean, I love him today and we've worked through that, which is a, a blessing, but it was like that as a child, you know? And, and um, so anytime he told me what to do, I would completely want to do the opposite. Um, the difference today is just the pain, you know, it, I kept using after it stopped working. I could not stop no matter what. And I got to the point where I accepted that I was going to die that way. I just thought I'm just, I'm going to die a junkie. Like that's what I am. And you know, that's just how it's going to be. And, um, I actually went into a, a psychosis due to using, and it was the scariest thing I've ever been through in my entire life. I believed everything that was happening. I thought people, I, I thought the entire world, it's its kind of funny, but it's sad, you know, because I, I literally believed mm. the entire world, including my parents were trying to murder me. And, uh, and living in that kind of fear was the most terrifying thing I've ever been through. And I'll never forget the day before I, I finally, uh, I called 911 on myself. That's how this whole journey started. But that, that day that I did that, I called my mom first and Cause I was, I was hiding like under the floorboard of my car. Cause I was so afraid. I just didn't know what to do. And she told me I had to get help. I had to call someone. I had to trust someone. And I really, it was sad. I didn't have anybody I could talk to. I didn't have anybody I could trust. I didn't even trust my mom. And I, so I just called 911. And I mean, I am so grateful for that day because that's when everything started turning around. My clean date was actually two weeks later. I got out, I got admitted to a psych ward and spent two weeks there. And then when I got out, I used the day I got out. And that's when I said, okay, I have to go to treatment because I don't want to keep doing this, but I don't know how to stop. Mm. I've, I don't know how people can clean up without treatment. I really admire people that do that on their own. It was so, I couldn't do it. I didn't know how to do it. Um, I felt like I had to use, I didn't know how to deal with the crazy in my head and not just the psychosis, just that fear. I've always run on fear and, um, and it got so out of control that I just didn't know how to handle it. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's how it was different this time. You know, then the, it got so scary and so bad that I finally said, okay, I'll do whatever y'all tell me to do. And, and then I, you know, it's cool because I used to dread, like when I've been in and out before, you know, I was never all the way in and I would dread the step work and I wouldn't want to do any suggestions. And now I do all kinds of writing, not just step work. And I share in meetings, which is something I never used to do because I get really nervous sharing in front of people. And, um, you know, I have a big ego and I have perfect, I struggle with perfectionism. And so I always want everyone to think I'm perfect. And if I share, then you're going to see I'm not perfect, but that's exactly why I practice sharing. Cause I need to work through that. You know, it's, it's a humbling experience for me and, and it helps me face fear. So, um, so yeah, it's just the suggestions that used, I used to dread. I actually enjoy today. It doesn't feel like I, doesn't feel like work anymore. It's, it's a part of my normal routine daily life and I enjoy it. So uh, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. And that, and that, and that's part of the awakening that we experience, you know, this spiritual awakening that we, that, that we get to walk out is, is, Hey, you know, here's some things that I have to do. Then that transition becomes, here's some things that I do. And then the, the awakening part is, 
here are some things that I get to do. Like that's the, that's the swing of the pendulum. That's the awakening that that we get to experience. And, And that's what I say to folk too, who, who, who are still in that mindset of like, damn, man, I got to call my sponsor. Damn, I got to hit this meeting. Damn, I got to write on this step. It's like, stay clean long enough, man, to to experience. Like, it becomes something that you just do, and then it becomes something that you get to do, and then that's a total that's a total awakening of our spirit. And so, so Lan, two questions. Let me ask you this. One, um, and, you, you know, you, you've you just moved, you said, um, from Costa Rica to Texas, and, and, and so you have this birthday cake now. Um, what does membership mean? look like you know for you now uh and you can be as transparent as you want with that um how many meetings contact with the sponsor are you sponsoring people just if you could give us a perspective of what does membership mean to you now and then and then if you could follow that up with a little bit what was it like getting clean in costa rica what's the fellowship like there um i think it's pretty pretty awesome all right um so i go to minimum of six meetings a week sometimes more. Um, I still do two Zoom meetings a week for Costa Rica. And Costa Rica is on lockdown, so they don't have any in-person, but here in Texas, it's all in-person. So um, so yeah, I go to, to two a week on Zoom for Costa Rica, and then I've been going almost every day to my new meeting here. Um, I, I learned in my first year that connection is really important to feel a part of, to feel connected, like I can talk to others in the rooms. Mm-hmm. And um, and I want to be a part of the group here. I need to be a part of the group here so I can be held accountable by the people here. And if I ever have a day where I feel like isolating or wanting to use, I'm going to need to feel comfortable to talk to the people here. So I've been immersing myself in meetings, uh, hanging out afterwards. Last night, we all went bowling. You know, we go have food. Um, mm-hmm. I've already gone to group conscience. I'm starting a women's meeting. We don't have one at my group here. And that was a real important part of my recovery is the women's meeting. I still do that one on Costa Rica on Zoom on Tuesdays at 7 and um, now I'm going to start one here in my home group in Texas on uh, January 2nd. So I'm really excited about that. You know, I write, I write step work daily. I call my sponsor every day. We have a video chat once a week, but we talk every day. Uh, yeah, quiet time in the morning, gratitude list. I do a 10 step at night. I'm not allowed to sponsor yet. Um, I'm currently on step four. I do a, an AA 10 step because that's what was suggested to me in treatment. And I've just kept doing it but I'm on my four step on the feeling section. And I, I don't think my sponsor will let me uh, sponsor until I'm past that step. So um, getting clean in, um, in Costa Rica was amazing. I, I actually went to that treatment center five times. Uh, my dad used to live in Costa Rica. That's how I, I'm from Dallas, Texas. So my dad used to live in Costa Rica and that's how I initially ended up there. Um, they have a great treatment center that's for um, for Americans, and it's a lot cheaper than going here in the states. And so, uh, I spent three months in treatment, and I, you know, I just I stayed connected. There's a lot of good recovery with the women in Costa Rica, very strong fellowship there, and um, so I just I stayed connected with the women. I've always heard that suggestion, and I I never used to like it. I always wanted to hang out with the men. You know, I wanted I knew I could manipulate the men. I could get attention from the men and women scared me. I've, I have issues with women. My mom, uh, I, my dad raised me and my mom pretty much abandoned me when I was little for a man. Mm. So it was real uncomfortable for me to do that. But now because I practice that as part of my, as part of my program on a daily basis, it's, it's great. And now I'm doing that with the women here. I'm reaching out to them daily, trying to meet for coffee, starting the women's group. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was really nice. You know, I'm a lot of people tell me that they think it's really amazing that I stayed clean through COVID in my first year, but I'm going to be really honest that I think COVID helped me. I feel like it was a blessing for me because where I was in Costa Rica, there was nothing open. So I literally worked from home, went to zoom meetings, wrote my step work, did my quiet time. I didn't really leave the house much, but it's kept me very, very focused on my work on myself and I'm grateful for that you know it, it I think it really was a blessing in disguise for me so yeah so uh, now that's awesome and so Leanne with with that we'll go ahead and, and pivot to this final question of the episode and and thank you for being transparent with with uh with your journey so far so you know after after having this experience this past year if you could take what you know um you know, this, this knowledge that you have and experience, if you could sit down with Leanne W with a day clean or a week clean, could you share with us what you would say to her? Um, just not to be so afraid that it's all going to be okay. Um, keep doing the suggestions. It gets easier. Yeah. And the fear will subside. I, I was very afraid coming in. So, um, in fact, I was very afraid almost the entire first year. The fear has just now started going away, but I, I stayed very paranoid, but just, I would just tell myself that the paranoia will get better. The fear will start to diminish and life will get good, you know, just keep doing it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I pretty much do the same thing now that I, I've been doing the same thing every day since I came to treatment. It's really, I don't know how it happened for me so early on, but, um, I, I really dove in fully this time. So I would just tell myself to keep on doing everything I've been doing because it pays off. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the anonymous podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six letter word others as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste and God bless. Mm-hmm.